welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of the Crown on the application of the Public Law Project and the Lord Chancellor. The citation for this case is 2016 UKSC 39. Now in particular, this case surrounds the Legal Aid, Sentencing and Punishment of Offenders Act 2012, otherwise known as LASPO. Many of you listeners will have already heard of LASPO in some form or another, but for those of you who aren't aware, the essential effect of the legislation was to severely diminish the availability of legal aid in the UK. This was part of the Conservative government's wider attempts to limit the legal aid budget and also as part of a wider austerity programme that surrounded government and the public sector in general. LASPO came into force in April 2013, but in September 2013 the government, and in particular the Ministry of Justice, attempted to limit legal aid further by introducing a residence test for legal aid in the UK. This was effected through secondary or subordinate legislation, and in particular was done through a draft order, which amended Schedule 1 of LASPO. The government put forward a number of justifications for this. Firstly, it would save money on the legal aid budget and add to efficiency. It would also be the best deal for taxpayers in terms of their return on the legal aid budget. And they also put provision in place that those excluded would be able to apply for exceptional funding. However, this draft order was challenged by the Public Law Project on a couple of grounds. Now, before we go into those, it's worth thinking about who the Public Law Project are, and they are an independent national legal charity which aims to improve access to justice for those whose access is restricted by poverty, discrimination or other similar barriers. This particular case was brought um, as part of their charitable objectives, Um, and they're a charity who works within the UK with those vulnerable groups. So they challenged the draft legislation on a couple of grounds. Firstly, that it was ultra-vires, in other words, it was outside of the power of the Lord Chancellor. And secondly, it was unjustifiably discriminatory in terms of its effects. At the first instance, the Divisional Court did hold that the order was unlawful, but the government, and in particular the Lord Chancellor, appealed to the Court of Appeal and the Court of Appeal said that the legislation was intravirus, so within the power of the Lord Chancellor, and further, even though it was discriminatory, it could be justified in terms of the discrimination. The Public Law Project then brought the case to the UK Supreme Court, and this is where we're looking at it today. The Supreme Court, in terms of their analysis, began by looking at the type of legislation that was passed, so looking in particular at the draft order, and noting that it was done by an affirmative resolution procedure. In other words, the piece of legislation had to be approved by Parliament. In particular, this type of legislation is quite unusual and is referred to in Cray's legislation, a key um, book on the subject, as a Henry VIII power. In other words, it's a piece of secondary legislation that is being used to amend primary legislation. In this case, we have the draft order amending Schedule 1 of LASPO. Such cases are really interesting because they present a difficult challenge to the courts when cases are brought for judicial review. In particular, we know that the court has to be very careful to uphold the idea of parliamentary sovereignty, but the question is whether they should uphold the original piece of primary legislation or the piece of primary legislation as it is amended 
by that secondary power. In looking to deal with this difficult issue, the court looked to the decisions of a couple of its famous former judges for advice. In particular, they first went to Master of the Rolls Lord Donaldson, who in the case of McKiernan and Secretary of State for Social Security in 1989, talked about using a restrictive approach towards the government's powers when looking at cases and in particular pieces of legislation of this type. Lord Bingham supported this view, and in the case of the Crown and Secretary of State for the Environment, Transport and the Regions, Ex Parte Spath Home Limited 2001, said that recognition of Parliament's primary lawmaking role, in my view, requires such an approach. So with all this in mind, what decision did the court actually come to? They said that the exclusion of a group of people on the grounds of personal circumstances or characteristics has absolutely nothing to do with the provision of legal aid in the UK. In relation to LASPO in particular, the order does not vary services, but rather reduces the class of people who has access to them, and this was not really what was correct in terms of the ministerial powers, and so we could say that the draft order was indeed ultra-virus. This also meant that the court would not have to deal with the discriminatory question, um, because it was all dealt within the first ground of appeal. Overall, this is pretty obviously a very correct decision by the courts, and it's nice to see them still applying that restrictive approach when government attempts to use secondary legislation, which is subject to less scrutiny than primary legislation, to amend an original piece of um, primary legislation, so an act of parliament. This is important within a judicial review context, and even more important within the wider concept of the separation of powers in the UK. In particular, the courts do have to ultimately be wary of parliamentary sovereignty. I do also think that this particular case possibly goes a little bit more deeper than that as well. Legal aid has been a really controversial area since LASPO came into force back in April 2013, and many of the senior judges have actually been openly critical of the policy. And while I'm sure that the personal opinions of many of the justices of the Supreme Court has had no effect on their decision in this particular matter, it surely must have been playing on the back of their minds that this was a further attempt by the government to reduce the availability of legal aid, and in particular reducing legal aid to a vulnerable group who has been under attack from the government in a range of wider contexts, in particular thinking of immigration law. It's certainly not impossible that this was a bit of a kickback towards the Lord Chancellor and a reminder that he is not all-powerful and that there are limits to his jurisdiction. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Marcus Cleaver and also on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Marcus Cleaver. And as always, thank you very much to bensound.com for the theme tune to this podcast. Hope you tune in again next time and I'll see you then. Bye.